Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. My name is Teresa Reed. I'm the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 101 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot and Magic. And my special guest is Damian Eccles, the author of High Magic, A Guide to the Spiritual Practices that Saved My Life on Death Row. Welcome, Damien. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about your book. I think this is going to be so fabulous. So I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Thank you. And so, you know, of course, the first thing um, that I want to talk about is is what is magic. And we're, we're talking about the magic with a K for people who are listening. Exactly. Can you explain exactly, you know, in a nutshell, what that might, what, what that is? Well, most people, I think, by now just do the things like the secret and, you know, it's like the manifesting aspects of magic are becoming more and more predominant in, in mainstream society. You know, people have started to uh, open up and welcome that part of it. But people have also started to think that that's the entirety of magic, you know, whether it's manifesting anything from a parking spot for your car to, you know, the house you want or, you know, the perfect mate, whatever it is. And there is a part of magic, but it's not the entirety of magic. As a matter of fact, it's like a very, very small subcategory of what magic is. Uh, magic has, um, I guess you would say, an end aim, a finish line. The finish line that we're looking at with ceremonial magic, uh, it, there's two things. One, it leads you to the process called what the Eastern traditions call enlightenment, but it takes a very, very Western approach to do it. You know, think of, for example, of a glass of water. Now, if you leave a glass of water sitting somewhere for a very long period of time, it's going to start to stagnate. It's going to start to, you know, accumulate um, debris and, and, gut and gunk and God knows what else in it. If you take that glass and hold it under a running faucet of water, just hold it there and let water continually run into it. Eventually, all of the stagnation, all of the debris, all of the decay is going to be flushed out, and you're going to be left with a glass of clean water again. So that's one. Of, that's how magic works to bring about the process that in the Eastern traditions they call enlightenment. All of that stagnation, all of that debris, that's what uh, in their traditions they call ego. So we are invoking tremendous amounts of energies, tremendous amounts of uh, astrological and elemental forces on ourselves uh, in order to flush out deeper, stagnant levels of energy within our energy system, what we in the West call the aura. So that's one point of it. The other aspect of it uh, is what we call spiritual immortality. You know, it's what, for example, Christ talks about in the Bible whenever he's talking about eternal life, things of that nature. Uh, you know, it's the reason we can't – it's why we can't remember our lives, our past lives. You know, now, you'll hear people talk about, you know, going through uh, hypnotherapy sessions or certain meditation techniques where they say, you know, well, in a past life I said I was this or I was that. That's not what we're talking about at all in ceremonial magic. That, for all intents and purposes, they're tapping into – what um, modern psychology, like Jungian psychology, things of that nature, call the uh, collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. um, that's why you'll have so many different people. You know, you may have a hundred people who say, I was Cleopatra, or I was um, Julius Caesar, or I was Aleister Crowley, you know, whoever it is. That's why you have so many people who say the same things. It's almost as if by tapping into this level, they're watching a television show and getting themselves confused for the characters in the show. 
what we're talking about by spiritual immortality, eternal life, things of that nature in ceremonial magic is literally the continuation of consciousness from one incarnation to the next without a loss of memory, without you know any of the things that we normally have to go through when we come into this world. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really deep. That's That explains it well. In fact, that's probably one of the most concise ways I've ever heard it explained, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thank you. And I know you've been reading tarot and practicing magic for a long time. So in your opinion, how might these two practices go together? Well, um, I think, you know, most uh, tarot that you come across now, like books on tarot or tarot readers, mm-hmm. almost, I would say probably 95 to 99% of it deal in some way or another with either um, like predictive functions, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, divination or uh, meditation functions, you know, like path working, what they call in the Kobala, where you sort of explore your unconscious and, and the deeper parts of your psyche by projecting yourself into the imagery and seeing what it stirs up, things of that nature. Uh, it's not very well known that there is, there are many other aspects to the tarot. And one of the main ones that I like to focus on, uh, for me, the, the heart and soul of magic, the thing that drew me to it the most, the thing that I love the most is working with angelic intelligences. Right. So every single card of the tarot, just the minor arcana alone, has two different angels associated with each card. Uh, in the traditional Golden Dawn um, system of magic, they say that there's an angel of the day and an angel of the night. What that symbolizes is an angel of the day, you're talking about the sun. You're talking about solar, masculine energy. When you're talking about the angel of the night, you're talking about the feminine uh, lunar energy. So you've got one that would be visualized and worked with as male, as masculine, and the other one which would be worked with as feminine, as female. So you've got a male and female angel for every single minor arcana card. Now, every single card can also be used, like especially the Rider weight deck. You know, this is a deck that was designed by members of the Golden Dawn. Every single card was designed specifically to be used as a talisman to either invoke specific forces into your life or banish specific forces out of your life. You know, just for example, uh, the tower card, you know, the card that, you know, most people who are involved in in tarot, when we see that, we think, uh, you know, just great, you know, the card of destruction or whatever. So you think, how how would that card be beneficial to invoke in some sort of way? Uh-huh. Well, you would invoke the angels associated with that card in order to destroy certain blockages in your life, whether it's blockages to your career, blockages to happiness, blockages to a harmonious family life, whatever you would want to bring destruction to in a way that then gives birth to a bigger form of creation, you could invoke the angels of the tower card and use the card itself as the talisman instead of designing one. Right on. So, you know, that's very fascinating to me. So um, then you can obviously use tarot as a magical tool, correct? Exactly. Exactly. You could do, um, there, there's uh, I read a book one time many years ago and I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was by a man named Donald Tyson. I remember that where the entire book is how to use tarot as the only magical tool you need. You know, in in traditional ceremonial magic, you have a lot of paraphernalia, a lot of regalia, especially in the beginning stages. You know, you have wands and chalices and different incenses and athames and all these different things, different oils. Well, he wrote a book, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was like 20 years ago that I read it maybe. But he talks about how you can use 
only your tarot deck as every tool you need. It's basically creating uh, a temple out of a tarot deck. I believe that book is called Tarot Magic, Ceremonial Magic Using the Golden Dawn Correspondences. That might be it. And I think also that it was rewritten. Now, I might, I think it was uh, rewritten, or maybe it was Portable Magic, Tarot is the only tool you need. That, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Portable Magic. Yes. Yeah. It got rewritten. So I think it's, there's two versions of the book. But, yeah, the first book is, is Portable Magic. That's right. That was the one I had. It was many years ago. And as a matter of fact, you may have been the person who sent it to me. I believe I did. Yeah. Thank you, Warren. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I, I knew that, you know, of course, you're a tarot fan and a magic practitioner. So uh, that was right up your alley, so to speak. It was. Yeah. yeah. You see, I still remember it all these years later. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a book that, you know, I think um, even though it's gone out of print, it's back because obviously there are people who are getting very interested in this sort of thing. Yes. Which so, I'm happy to see, quite honestly. You know, oh, it's spreading. More and more people are getting use out of it. It just, um, you know, I think it's it's like a testament to the fact that you know the uh, psyche of humanity as a whole is starting to to grow and embrace you know older concepts that we've sort of forgotten about or left behind. You know, thinking we've moved on to bigger and better things, but in actuality, we're just losing a lot of knowledge. So it shows that humanity is willing to to start going back and digging out things from the past and realizing, hey, there is still a lot of stuff we can learn here. Absolutely. And, you know, that old stuff, oftentimes, you know, we want to dismiss it like, oh, it's not cool and that. But, you know, old stuff always comes back around again. It does indeed. I mean, just like in Ecclesiastes, they say there is nothing new under the sun. That is totally true. They say that, I think, in fashion and music, too. (laughs) (laughs) So the other last thing I want to ask you about, I I remember once you had told me about the guardian angel for tarot, um, yes. that there's one that you can use before you read. And I found that fascinating. And I have been testing that out. And I got to tell you, there's something to it. So could you tell um, tell me about it and how to invoke it? Okay, in the traditional Golden Dawn papers, the old original papers, um, some of this information has been lost now. But they referred to uh, an angel of the tarot deck as a whole. Um, You know, like I said, there are angels for every single card. Mm -hmm. But they also had one particular angel who oversaw the entire tarot uh, as as a whole system. And you would invoke this angel Every single time you sat down to do a reading or every single time you were going to do magic with the deck, whatever you were going to do, you always invoke this angel first. Now, the name of this angel is one of the things that was lost. All we know is that uh, it was abbreviated as H-U-A. The thing about the abbreviation is it still works. Even if we don't know what the original name was, just using the abbreviation, pronouncing it as a name like Hua. It still works. We can still invoke this angel with this. So um, what you would do, and there are, you know, all different systems have different ways of invoking, and a lot of it depends upon, you know, how long you've been doing it, what your Mm -hmm. skill is, things of that nature. Some people need a lot of paraphernalia to uh, get themselves in the right mind state, to, you know, calm their surface level thinking so that they can, you know, reach a calmer state within themselves, all this sort of thing. So if, if you're one of those people who either needs that or who just enjoys doing that, the color associated with it was white. So we would always light a white candle 
and you would envision a white angel, an angel in a white robe, just as brilliant, crystal white as you can possibly make it, sort of expand over the table where you're about to do your reading. Focus on it for a few minutes. Every time you inhale, uh, you know, whenever we inhale, not only are we taking in oxygen on the physical level of reality, but we're also taking in uh, whatever you want to call it, chi, ruach, prana, um, energy. We're taking that in on the energetic level of reality, the astral level of reality. So while you're envisioning this angel, every time you inhale, see it glowing brighter and brighter. And just know that that energy that you're inhaling is going into that angel. And then it can be something just as simple as saying, uh, please lay your hand upon this deck and reveal to me things that are both true and unknown so that I may, so that it may be of help to myself or the querent that I'm reading for, um, and let it reveal information to us that will in some way further us towards completion of the great work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, in, in magic, the great work, that's what we call, you know, enlightenment, the spiritual immortality, all that sort of thing. Awesome. That is brilliant. And yes, I've been experimenting with it. And it's it's really interesting when you start doing some sort of an invocation while you hold the deck. Um, you know, it, it it really does, you can feel like an energy. And I always mm-hmm. see tarot reading as being very ritualistic in nature. I mean, you're shuffling the cards, you're focusing on the question, you're quieting your mind, you're cutting them, you're turning them over. And then when you add something like this, it really, it, it adds another la- layer of ritual to your reading. It, and the only other thing I'd like to add is a lot of people, especially in like new age circles or like in the uh, witchcraft world now, are really turned off by anything that even remotely smacks of Christianity. You know, they mm-hmm. feel like they were kind of beat over the head with it when they were kids. Uh, I went through that same thing, you know, but I mean, for God's sake, I was on death row and right. I started to look at uh, Christianity as a huge part of the reason that these people were trying to murder me. So I, I kind of had an axe to grind against it, too. I didn't want anything to do with anything that even, you know, came within 10 feet of angels. What made me change my mind was once I started using them, started working with them, and saw how incredibly effective they were. You know, by far, I got more results out of angel workings than I get out of anything I'd ever tried before. Uh-huh. So for me, that was enough to make me say, you know, I don't care about what other people say they are or what, you know, this religious tradition that I may not necessarily agree with says they are. They produce results, and that's the most important thing. And they're also, you know, the, the more you dig into them, the more you see that they're not a Christian concept. Uh-huh. These, I think that really helps people to look at it maybe with a little bit more openness. So thank you for uh-huh. that. Of course. And your book um, is going to talk about, you know, how to work with magic, correct? It is. What this book does, you know, a lot of people still to this day are not familiar with, you know, the techniques of what we call high magic, ceremonial magic. You know, they may be more familiar with the manifestation processes or witchcraft, things of that Mm -hmm. nature. Um, What I wanted to do with this book is bring in the very basic introduction introduction level rituals of ceremonial magic, you know, so that it's not over people's head. It's like an entry point so that you can 
come into it and start practicing. If you don't know anything whatsoever about these techniques, about these rituals, about these uh, systems, I'm already working now on the sequel to it, um, which will be called Angel Magic, and it will take it up to the next step. You know, after you've mastered the the basic things like the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram angel invocations, things like that, then we're going to take it up to the next level and it'll get, you know, slightly more, slightly more complicated, but also a lot more rewarding at the same time. Well, I think it's great because I'm one of those people that I was always, you know, I've studied magic for years, but I was always intimidated by ceremonial magic. And when I took some classes with you, it really opened me up and got me curious. So um, I think this book and the next one that's coming is going to be great for people like myself who have shied away from it a little bit, but we're, we're nosy and we're, we're high magic curious. So I think it's going to be very helpful. It can, whenever you first delve into it, and, you know, especially when you're dealing with the old traditional texts, like the, you know, the Golden Dawn stuff, it can be overwhelming. You know, yeah. even for me in the, in the beginning years, you know, I would look at it and think, I am never going to get this. I'm never going to understand what this is. So I wanted to strip as much of that out of it as I possibly could and just get to very simple, basic concepts phrased in, you know, modern English so that it's not such a, a struggle to get through it. Yeah, well, I cannot wait. And I think everybody who's listening, uh, if you are curious about ceremonial magic, you're going to want to get your hands on High Magic, a guide to the spiritual practices that saved my life on death row from Damien as soon as it comes out. So make sure you're looking for it. It'll be available at bookstores everywhere, online and in person. And Damien, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me most social media. I think for the most part, I'm active uh, on Instagram. So it's just my name at Damien Eccles. Uh, they can find my website, just DamienEccles.com. That uh, they can sign up for on there. We have it where, you know, you can sign up and receive a uh, email that'll tell you like where all the book signings are going to be, where all the talks are going to be, where classes are going to be. All of that stuff is all on DamienEccles.com. Uh, Facebook, Damien W. Eccles. Excellent. Damien, thank you so much for taking time out of your really super busy schedule to chat with me about Tarot and Magic today. Thank you so much for having me and helping get the word out about this, for doing this work. Well, it is exciting work, and it is work that I think is going to do a lot of good to raise the awareness around this, and it's going to, again, kind of make it for people like me a little bit more um, easier to dive into it. So I'm really, again, excited about the book. Thank you. All right, guys, so that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and hope you have a beautiful day. And remember to pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember also that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>